0: So the key is consistency. So don't go from, my biggest advice is don't go from no post to then posting five times a day and just copying everything you're posting on any other platform, right? Start slow. You don't want to bombard your existing audience with, like, all this stuff. Okay, start slow. Start with your story. Start with your why. Why did you make the move? Who are you now? Why is that important? And how can you help people? Start with your why when you're creating the first kind of content on LinkedIn and that will really help you as well to do your profile because you'll start to really check back in with who you are why you're doing this and it will help to kind of spur you on in a way to break past those blocks and create your own personal brand there
1: Welcome to the Female Leadership Collective podcast. I'm your host, Susie Clark. On this show, we're all about helping high achieving women authentically find purpose and build fulfilling online businesses. I believe the key to happiness is channeling our talents into something that we really deeply care about. That's why I left my six-figure career in finance in London, moved to Asia, and now run my own mission-led business in paradise. I found purpose and happiness in my life, and I want to empower you to do the same. In today's world, we are so lucky in that we no longer have to work in the same office every single day. We can start our own online businesses and travel the world. On this show, I bring you examples of amazing role models who have done just that, quit their corporate jobs and successfully run online businesses. We talk through all things entrepreneurship, purpose, travel, femininity. Nothing is off limits. I'm here to inspire you to spend your life doing something you truly love and make the impact you really want to make on the world. An exciting announcement. We are launching a female leadership collective retreat in Bali in the new year. So we are going to give nine of you the chance to come and join me and the team on the island. Um, It's going to be in March or April. I haven't quite finalized it yet, Um, but it's going to be an incredible week in the most beautiful villa and I've got a few shortlisted that I'm in talks with at the moment and it's going to be an opportunity for you to come to Bali, get out of your current environment, And really come and redesign your life with us. We're going to be delving deep into your goals for your business, for your life, for everything. We're going to be showing you what life is like here in Bali, what opportunities are available to you. Um, There's a huge digital nomad community here with people working online, and I can't wait to show you exactly what is possible. We're going to be giving you an opportunity to reconnect with your true self, because I know in... A lot of um, the Western world, we're so conditioned to um, live life in one particular way. So, we're going to be doing lots of deconditioning. And we're also going to be working on building your confidence because. Through any change in life, any new career path, any starting a business, um, you might feel like you've got all the confidence in the world of what you do at the moment. But this can be really, really challenging when you step into starting a business, scaling a business, pivoting a business. So we're going to be working on building your confidence as well. And there's going to be so much self-care, relaxation, amazing food, all those yummy things that come with a retreat. And I can't wait to just have this special experience with nine of you. So to add yourself to the waitlist to be the first to be notified, I'm going to give everybody on the waitlist a little bit of time to secure their spot, take one of the nine spots before I tell everybody else about it. To make sure your name is on that list, click the link in the show notes and fill out that form and you will be on the list and the first to be notified and you may be joining us in Bali next year. So this week we have the amazing Molly Stovold on and she is a LinkedIn expert and we chat everything LinkedIn. And it's super, super interesting because LinkedIn doesn't seem to get the buzz, the sexiness that all the other platforms like Instagram and TikTok seem to get. But there is so much opportunity on there, particularly if you're a course creator or a coach or a community builder. And Molly goes into all the reasons why. So I know you're gonna get so much out of this episode. Welcome, Molly. I am so excited to have you on the show, um, especially because you were one of our amazing summit speakers back in July. So welcome. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here and obviously we're both from the UK but I'm in Bali at the moment you're in the UK so I'm super excited to meet in person eventually because we haven't actually met so can't wait for you to come back but let's start with a little introduction to yourself so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners I'm sure a lot of them know who you are since you spoke at the summit but for those who don't um, just go ahead and give them a little bit of an intro to Molly.
0: Sure so I started the entrepreneurship journey just at the beginning of this year, 2022. And before that, I was working in corporate as a marketing exec and was really intent on kind of climbing the corporate ladder and was really in it. And I did. And I kept getting like more money, better role, but just less and less time. So last year in about November, I was like, I'm going to move to Bali and, you know, that will be the solution to all of my problems because it's Bali right but the issue was still there I still was working you know crazy hours every day I was expected to be online at weekends I was managing a team and just had really high kind of goals to, to meet and it was so draining and then eventually my now to be proposed to me um in end of November when we were, were first in Bali right And I was just like, oh, my gosh, why does he want to marry me? I haven't spent any time with him in the last kind of two months. Poor guy. Right. So and it was just a big wake up call because I just thought, wow, I really need to get my life in check. That he is a priority. I want to be spending some time enjoying this beautiful place. So how can I kind of do that? And that's when I started thinking, okay, well, I know that the next thing that I can do is to start maybe consulting on the side I knew I could do marketing so I was like I'll just start there because it's a way in to the entrepreneurship world and I can grow from there and take things wherever I hope to go kind of the dream so to speak but for now I'm going to start consulting and that is how and how I kind of started it all off and then eventually managed to resign from my job and just build on those consulting clients
1: amazing and so for those who don't know although you'll probably know from my introduction before molly joined us that molly is a linkedin expert so this episode is all about linkedin i'm super excited to chat about that because actually interestingly linkedin typically much so the audience are mainly people in corporate um or from corporate linkedin is like the social media platform that probably most of them spend a lot of their time on but in a different capacity to like running a business so I'm super excited to kind of talk to how people can actually leverage their LinkedIn as a content creator rather than a consumer in this episode Mm -hmm. but first of all I do want to just talk a little bit more about your kind of corporate experience and you did give a bit of an insight there um, but tell us a little bit more around what you were feeling whilst you were in that job and how did you know like apart from your uh partner proposing to you how did you know that it was just totally out of alignment with you so that's a really interesting
0: question because I started to feel that way when I was working in tech which for anyone who's listening to this who does work in tech it's very man-driven there's so many men mm. on teams and I just felt really kind of like this masculine energy of just go 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 so the final job that I had I worked with a strictly women team all women and I thought Mm. this is the answer and because I was feeling that kind of need about the mothering women leader supporting of one another within the team what I found was that actually within the corporate world because corporate women especially from these say maybe a little bit old generations have been so drilled into this kind of way of running a business that doesn't actually feel right with our like innate yeah. women nature. They were kind of running from a state that does didn't actually align with how women can lead and really embrace that power. So I felt even more out of alignment in that mm-hmm. because I just was like I couldn't couldn't connect because I, I was expecting it to be a real kind of sister sisterhood of everyone trying to support one another help each other grow a team kind of scenario and it really wasn't that at all and Mm. that was when i realized that in corporate and just in those kind of team environment where everyone's got so much pressure on them it doesn't matter whether you know who they are everyone's just at such high stress all the time and When it's remote, people can be a bit touchy or they can be a bit reactive because things need to get done. You can't just go into the office and say hello and, you know, everything's okay And you find out that, I don't know, they've had a row with their partner or whatever it may be. And that's why they're off. It's all remote. What I just felt was this massive disconnect from the team that I really wanted to support, but I just didn't really know how. And it it was that disconnection to that, that whole kind of environment that made me just start to think. How? what is an alternative here how can I still kind of have a team have that thing that I was craving have like a support system and also support other people
1: without having to be at this high stress level all the time yeah, yeah. oh my god I resonate with so much of what you're saying I love 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 talking about that narrative that you started off with where women in corporate typically have been so conditioned to kind of work in a very masculine way because they Mm -hmm. you know back in the day men created the system and also women become really good at it as well but (laughs) it doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong it's just really out of balance and I do believe that that is a big reason as to why like so many people feel burnout because of not necessarily because of the amount that they're doing, but more just because they're not like built to do that. That's not the system they should be in and not the system that they thrive the most in. So I totally Mm -hmm. resonate with that. And then also the other piece that I really resonate with is the remote job piece, because I think that the remote job thing is a really great step for someone who's, so for anyone listening who is still in an office job, who really just wants to like break away and work remotely, whether that's in a business or having a remote job a remote job is quite a good step into working remotely isn't it and then eventually you probably will feel out of alignment with that as well because it doesn't solve all your problems like I had the same situation and I'm like why am I sitting in this air-conditioned room every single day here in (laughs) Bali you know I'm in Bali and I'm not even seeing it I might as well have been back in Canary Wharf so it's not forever but it is a step into that lifestyle. So I totally, totally resonate with that and feeling out of balance on that too. Okay, so you, so let's, let's talk a bit about the transition from quitting that job to starting consulting and starting, like, when did you get interested in LinkedIn? Because I feel like For me, it was one of those ones I just spent all day on because I was so bored at work and everything else was blocked. Everything else was blocked. So I just used to hang out on there and like, you know, just see what was going on, like halfway between Instagram. But yeah, when did you get interested in LinkedIn? So this
0: is really a really good question. So when I was working my final job, she was an international coach and a lot of it was lead generation. So I still use the same tactics that I used when I was in tech but I applied them to the coaching world. So it's essentially just growth hacking software. How can we really speed up the lead gen? How can we focus on inbound marketing, which means people um, and clients are coming to you and then reaching out to you thanks to your content. And what I saw launch after launch was that the most reliable platform for organic leads every time was LinkedIn, every single time. And when I started with this one coach, They'd never really used LinkedIn before. As you said, it was seen as like this kind of corporate place where, yes, there was a profile, there was kind of a personal brand, but they definitely weren't leveraging the platform in the way that they could to their full potential. And once they did, it just became this kind of flow of inbound leads because people are on LinkedIn with a different mindset to say Instagram or Facebook. People are there in a professional, as you've just mentioned, right? You are there whilst you're at work. When you're at work, you kind of, your mind's in a different state. You're ready mm-hmm. to take action. People, and because of that, even when people moved away from that working corporate kind of office vibe, they still, be it subconsciously, relate to LinkedIn in that way, right? They still see it as this platform where there is that extra level of professionalism so that when they are looking for a service or a solution, when they find it on LinkedIn that that personal solution has that level of authority that maybe they wouldn't have on the other channels so that is why when I moved away into consulting I thought okay so first things first what people ask me for so the clients my first few clients actually came in were clients that had seen my work with the previous coach but because of contracts and everything like that weren't allowed to hire me as soon as I quit there was like Clients saying how did you get all those leads on LinkedIn and and that's how I kind of started thinking okay well I was thinking about doing LinkedIn anyway now I know it's what people are asking for this could be my niche and Mm -hmm. I know it worked and I think the biggest thing for one of the biggest things for me was I wanted to focus on something that felt right in terms of I knew that it would work I knew that it could actually help my clients make money find their own clients right And that was really important to me. So that's how I kind of thought, okay, well, stepping stone It's all a stepping stone. Yes, I'd like to maybe run a bigger, bigger business 10 years down the line that maybe incorporates some more holistic bits into it or, you know, all that fun stuff. But for now, how can I serve best? It it was LinkedIn and it still Mm -hmm. is LinkedIn. And since then, I've just been building on that and seeing my clients succeed. And it's just been kind of yeah it's been great and it's reliable unlike Facebook ads or kind of Instagram's a bit savage isn't it so
1: yeah yeah Uh, savage is the right word um (laughs) yes I remember this point you made on your masterclass on the summit actually around people being in a different mindset when they're on LinkedIn and I think that makes so much sense because exactly what you say when you're at work like in corporate you're like switched on right for the whole day you're like Mm -hmm. switched on and then when you come home or when work finishes you are just trying to switch off i know it's difficult but you are trying and so you're almost like trying to repel anything that is like non non non-urgent you know so i totally get it like in the day if you're browsing on linkedin and also if you're browsing on linkedin at work it kind of looks like work (laughs) whereas if you've got got Facebook up it's like what are they doing you know so like oh god I totally agree and it's so interesting because I think so many people kind of overlook LinkedIn as a channel like why do you think people overlook it? I think there's kind of a few parts there one is because they associate it with work
0: (laughs) yeah so when it comes to building a personal brand I think by people I'm talking about say entrepreneurs who have just started their online business or are way into it, but they just haven't even considered LinkedIn. It's because many people come from a background where LinkedIn is seen as like, well, this platform that one, they've either never had before because they've never been in that corporate world or two, is so associated with work and they've got all of their old, um, you know, uh, fellow employees and teammates and bosses on there. And the thought of putting themselves out there in front of all of those people is it's terrifying and i think that that is a real block for people but what what i think uh, one of the biggest wins is is that actually what you'll see is many of those people that you used to work with they're in the same situation as you are right like they were in the office they were they were doing the same work hours they're going to look at you and and see you as an inspiration if you take to linkedin and start doing your own thing building your own personal brand and actually because of that you get so much more support right there's so much more support i don't know if anyone else has experienced this but i know i certainly haven't some of my friends have but when taking to instagram with my with my business i had so many friends there i'm like kids friends from when i when i was a kid from back in the day family members i've spoken to in ages but who definitely judged me and it was so much harder to get the support on instagram from all these people that really didn't understand what i was doing whereas on linkedin because everyone has seen the journey they thought wow that's brave that's a logical next step i'm here for it i'll support her and then now some of them are my clients because they started doing the same thing
1: Mm. right so yeah god that resonates so much as well because like from your summit masterclass it it inspired me right okay let's try this channel Molly I'm listening to you and I, um, I did a post on my LinkedIn and exactly that because my my brand is all around how I quit my banking job and um, moved to Bali and started a business and why corporate is like not for a lot of people and quite you know, like negative things around the corporate world. And I was shitting it when I went that <laughs> out. And then I got so much support from those very people and messages and things like that. And people being like, oh my God, like your staff really resonates with me and leads, like you say. And actually... It's such a good point because those are the people that need it the most because those were the people that were there as well <laughs> when I was, like, miserable. So, yeah, it's such a good point. So for anybody listening who, is already, who already has their own online business and they're thinking, oh, God, it's just scary because everybody on there is from the past and I've been talking about my past, like, actually, a lot of them are probably your ideal clients and probably a lot of them really need your work. Okay, so all things LinkedIn. I know that I got a question on my Facebook group and it was kind of, it had a few questions in it. So I'm just going to pull it up. So this is from Diksha and... She wants. So let's start with this part of the question. So she says, "How is it best to optimize your profile on LinkedIn to convey your services?" So I'm guessing. So Deeksha, I know a bit about her, but a lot of people on the uh, who are listening are people who will have corporate profiles, and it will just say their corporate job, and they Mm -hmm. are they haven't updated it maybe they've got a business but they haven't updated it so what's your tips on best kind of going through that change and optimizing it for being a business owner
0: okay that's a yeah great question so the most important thing is your linkedin profile is your personal brand it is not your cv okay like we no more third person bios like well he did this and da, 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 da. no <laughs> <laughs> it is all about your potential client so how can you speak to them when you're doing your about me section when you're doing your headline you are answering their problems so just think to yourself who are they what is their problem what is my solution and how can we work together And use that as you kind of start from the top of your profile and work your way down. What I will say to anyone listening to this, I have a LinkedIn profile optimization template, which I will give you all free. So just message me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and I can send that through to you. It's a PDF document and it will take you through how you can make a banner. So that's the thing at the top of your profile, like a header image that is going to convert makes people take action and then how you can start to use the uh, creator mode on LinkedIn to really start to present yourself as a personal brand and essentially make LinkedIn your own personal brand your own business's landing page
1: amazing I'll link that in the show notes for anyone who wants to um, get a hold of it another question from Diksha too is that creating content let's talk about creating content so she's just asking the best way to create content. And I think I had this on my list as well. Like how how often do you need to post? What kind of content works well? Like how, should, how do you think about that? Is it just a matter of repurposing what you're putting out on other channels or does it need to be specifically kind of tweaked?
0: So what I would say is, well, I've already said Instagram is quite savage because you have to post all the time, right? Insta to make it work for you is stories, Daily posts, all of that jazz. And the one of the best things in my opinion on LinkedIn is you don't need to do that. So the key is consistency. So don't go from my biggest advice is don't go from no post to then set posting five times a day and just copying everything you're posting on any other platform, right? Start slow. You don't want to bombard your existing audience with like all oh, this stuff. Okay. Start slow. Start with your story, start with your why why did you make the move who are you now why is that important and how can you help people start with your why when you're creating the first kind of content on LinkedIn and that will really help you as well to do your profile because you'll start to really check back in with who you are why you're doing this and it will help to kind of spur you on in a way to break past those blocks and create your own personal brand there in terms of like specifics Hashtags on LinkedIn are really not the same as they are on Insta. So no more than five hashtags, making sure they're really targeted and use them within your profile on the talks about section at the top of your profile. And also the ones that you use, they use in your content in terms of like photos or videos or newsletters. What I will say is it does depend, as with everything, um, on your personal brand. If you are really charismatic in videos and you love it and you feel that your energy shines through, the great thing about LinkedIn is you can do 15 minute videos there. So you can do kind of like mini lessons, which you can't really do anywhere else. And, that, and those can be in a post, so that's quite good. And although they'll get less views, they do tend to convert quite well. But that said, for me personally, what works for me is if I break things up and um, I have a carousel kind of post, which just, if anyone's listening and unsure how to do that on LinkedIn, if you're using Canva, just download it as a PDF um, and then it will go, rather, and then it will actually be a swipe document. Ooh, um, yeah, L- tip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't L- know that one.
0: Yeah, and those at the moment, I mean, the month now is August uh, 2022, is those are doing really well algorithmically. They're getting pushed out a lot more Polls used to be that way, but they're really not anymore because people found them too spammy. Posts with images for me do well, but it's important that when your posts with images do well, they're doing well with the right type of client. So do, are my posts doing well with my ideal client or are they doing well with, say, random people who like the photo I post mm-hmm. posted? So just trying to like break things up. So I try to get some copy posts in there, just a very well laid out. Lots of white space in the, in the posts. A good long post is very good as long as it's broken down in a way that may feel uncomfortable because of how it reads, especially in a kind of academic way. But actually, that's what people want. It needs to be scrollable because what they'll see on the feed of LinkedIn is very different to what they'll see on the feed of, say, on Instagram. And as you've mentioned, many people are looking at LinkedIn from their desktop rather than from their phone. Yeah. so just kind of bearing all those moving parts in mind and final thing here what i would recommend anyone does is get the chrome extension shield i'm not an affiliate i'm just i just love it and that helps you track at how each of your pieces of content is doing and then you can kind of act on data and make smart moves moving forwards so it's called shield and chrome extension and then test things out you know video image, long form post, maybe an article. Articles are great because when you do, when someone searches for a key term on Google, they're really well um, tracked for SEO and little bits and bobs like that. But just test it and and see what works
1: best for you is my main advice there. Mm, So many tips in there. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I would love for you to expand a little bit on the hashtags actually because i've got no idea how they work and you mentioned that you know more than four or five why is that and like how are they used differently on linkedin
0: okay so the hashtags only four or five let's start there linkedin has a maximum of nine and above that it will make it it will see as spammy so just nine max the first three hashtags are a track for seo purposes so the first three will actually be kind of the algorithm will search them for seo so what does that mean? It means that if you're using a keyword, so say your keyword is coaching for women or something like that, that's, I really have just pulled that out of the sky, um, it's not a good one, so I don't know, okay, <laughs> but um, say it is that, and then that will mean that you're getting, that will contribute to your SEO, contribute to how in, uh, LinkedIn and the algorithm see you as an authority, right, so you want to be really smart on it, so it's always less is more on LinkedIn, rather than The hashtags being used for you to appear everywhere. Yes, it works like that, but the point is that you want to make it fewer and very targeted, and then you use those hashtags and use them to engage on other people's posts that have used that hashtag. But essentially, you're using them to show that you're an authority to LinkedIn within that field. And if you're using heaps of hashtags, it's kind of the same as finding your niche. LinkedIn won't put you into the right block. It will just think, oh my gosh all over the place yeah
1: person in right mm, okay yeah interesting it's quite different then and i also just wondered as well from your point of view what almost the buying journey is on on linkedin like I know on Instagram you know people typically like follow someone then maybe they go through the highlights or they see the stories and then the whole point is you're trying to get them off onto your email list and and that kind of thing is is LinkedIn like the buyer's journey kind of similar in the sense of someone will follow someone um like you know consume their content for a while and then maybe click on some sort of call to action like what do you often see there so LinkedIn is
0: very different because it's full of lurkers it's like the <laughs> place where people just kind of lurk around and don't really do anything but they've got their eye on you the amount of times I've received a message being like hey Mona have been watching your content for a while and I'm like you're nowhere in my funnel who even are you <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah, so what I would say is that the is on LinkedIn is that buyer journey would start a little bit earlier rather than the follow of someone actually taking action because you have a public profile, which you would have as a business. People will view your profile and they'll just be viewing your content, the, the lurkers. That's what they'll be doing. And that is most of the people realistically on LinkedIn. Great thing about LinkedIn is you can see who's viewed your profile. Mm-hmm. And that's really great. So you just be, be hyper aware of who has viewed your profile. Who's popping in more than once and just start to enrol them maybe into your own little warm up funnel where you've seen them. You've kind of showed them that you've seen them because you're replying, replying to their posts, maybe and just saying, whatever, you know, engaging with their own content, making sure that they feel safe to actually engage with yours or reach out to you and just showing them that you see them. So that's what kind of where it will start for the lurkers, whereas some people who are really ready to take action. And this is the inbound approach, right? The inbound approach is that you create valuable content and engage in such a way that you're really situating yourself as an authority within your field. So people are drawn to your profile and they send you a message. When you get those inbound messages, the best way to, to go about it is to try and get people on your list. So when people mm-hmm. are asking questions, yes, you could offer a call, but that can be a bit risky because nobody wants to be having like 10 calls. Day, yeah, day. so <laughs> you could do that. But another option is maybe create a type form quiz and say here, if you'd like to book a call, just take this quiz. If if you know it's not for you, then we can. Oh, this is a masterclass link or here's a lead magnet that is got loads of information about for me. It would be LinkedIn um, or loads of helpful tips and just try to get them off of LinkedIn. That is the goal. You want to get them on your email list somehow and then nurture them through the email list. People on LinkedIn are ready to take action. So you want to make them actually take that action. Whereas right? I think on other channels, people are a lot more inclined to just have a bit of a chat over DMs and stuff like that. It is possible to send dms on LinkedIn. It's definitely possible. It's, it's easier for lower ticket items as it is with everywhere. But what I've seen work best is to have a masterclass or a freebie and just say hey yep yeah, sure if you're interested here's a freebie have a look through that see how you get on and maybe it's a masterclass recording where you know you maybe mention your prices at the end so that will help you filter through people so that when people do actually book a call you know that they're a little bit further up the funnel and they've kind of uh, in in a much more likely to buy state yeah
1: mm-hmm yeah interesting like yeah it really is like all your answers it really is such a different channel isn't it like definitely Mm -hmm. so one more question from the community okay yeah so actually we may have just covered this so it's techniques to reach out to your ideal clients on this platform but I think the key thing here is reaching out right like you're gonna be like no switch it
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there's always space for reaching out. There's always space for outbound marketing. It's a numbers game. If you send enough kind of requests out there, someone eventually is going to buy it, someone eventually is going to buy. But along in, in that process of like mass outreach, you will possibly be spamming and scaring off loads of potential clients that maybe just needed a bit more of a warm up. So what I would suggest, and not just for LinkedIn, but maybe for like in general, is try to focus on doing things in a bit more of an inbound way because they do just convert so much better. If someone actually reaches out to you or trusts you, they are part of your owned audience, which means that they already know and trust you and they already will be much more likely to buy from you. So how would you go about making them your own audience? So you would find maybe groups that are full of, say, professional corporate women in Europe. There's a group on LinkedIn called that. Go through every single one on that list. Find the people that are in your ideal client space and start engaging with their content for a week. At the end of the week, if they don't already send you a connection request, send them one. But send one in a way that is so personalized. Hey, we're both members of this group. Hey, I saw you're in this group. I would love to connect, love this post. Just start there, start to build those really good relationships. And when you've got about a hundred people that are, really know you and really trust you, that's when you can start to up the ante and use automation tools to be doing that for you. So you can use automation tools to view profiles. You can use automation tools to do that first step of the funnel and engagement to see who's gonna buy and who's interested. And then it makes your life ten times easier because you know you you have the list, you know that you're your ideal client, and then you'll just setting a tool to run that will visit all of the profiles Mm. and that is so powerful
1: interesting okay that's really helpful okay so i think the last kind of main question on this would be just i guess summing it all up and just speaking to the people who are like right I'm bought in on this linkedin stuff i Mm -hmm. am gonna change my profile i'm gonna get out there i'm gonna make a post like What is your advice for someone in that situation and, like, from the perspective of what to focus on initially, not to, like, um, get overwhelmed and, like, how often should they post? Yeah, so
0: first things first
1: is to do your profile. Start from the top, the banner
0: image, make sure there's a CTA in that work your way down, make your sure creator mode is on, start asking for recommendations from, if you're just starting out, ask for them from people you've worked with in the past or people who can support your personality and know that you're really skilled in whatever you're offering, really start to pull all those bits in, get your profile to a point where it is your personal brand and you feel as proud of it as you do your website. That is so important because that is gonna be the thing that builds your authority. For your posts, start with your why. Why are you here? Why Why have you chosen this path? And then move on to the how. And so just how you how you serve, and just start there. And then just look around LinkedIn and see how other people are presenting their services. Aim to provide value with your posts. Give away one percent. What is 1% of knowledge and value you can give away in a post that will still make people want to work with you, buy from you, learn more from you? But they see you as someone who really is just there to serve them and to help them. Um, And those posts can obviously come after you've told your story. Mm. Um, Yeah. So you want to just have that kind of database of who you are, why you're there, and so that people can start to learn a bit more about you when you do start to do outreach. There's all of those moving parts there and they know kind of
1: who you are and how they can work with you yeah that feels doable I think that's like really great advice and I think yeah it's probably just I would say also from my point of view just hanging out on there for a bit longer because I think especially people who quit their jobs and they've started businesses and they're just not on there they've probably got a bit of LinkedIn PTSD (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't, don't want to go back on there it reminds me of my office days you know so it might be worth them just hanging out reminding them of what it actually does what it actually is you know easing themselves into it yeah I know when I went on there I was like god I've got all these recruiter messages millions of notifications about rubbish like <laughs> kind of thing but thank you, Molly. That was been amazing, amazing, um, actionable tips for everyone, and I'm sure everyone's like logging onto their LinkedIns right now and yeah. seeing what they can do. So how we end the podcast is we do a quick fire round. Um, so thank I you. ask everyone these questions. So are you ready for the last three questions? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number one is how did you get your first 10 sales?
0: Consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Showed up all the time, every single day, even though I was absolutely scared shitless I just kept doing it until I started getting course books. I still remember the day I got the first call books and I was like oh, that's so exciting. And yeah. then the Wi Fi died in Bali and had to randomly drive to like this cafe like
1: please. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah I literally did a podcast on this yesterday like at the start when you when you start a business like this especially a community you have to get used to putting stuff out there and nothing coming back for a long time and it's all good uncomfortable like you have to battle with your own demons about being enough (laughs) but when but when people start to come through it's like god it's so worth it right? Yeah exactly. Mm. Okay number two is what sets women apart as leaders? I think, well, it goes back to what I was kind of speaking about earlier. Men have the
0: kind of control and conquer approach to leading. You do this because I told you to, whereas women, as we do this because we want this to work. Right. And I think that that really sets them apart. And also, fundamentally, women empower women. Mm. That's what we do. And women are especially kind of, I think, women who have that level of understanding of how to embrace their femininity to make themselves a better leader. The ones who are conscious and who aren't trying to lead like a man, who are actually trying to embrace the power that they have to lead as a woman. And that is really powerful. And that is in itself what sets us apart. We're empathetic and we're also very strong. And those together means that we can lead and care for others in a professional way which is just a touch that
1: men don't have yeah that's beautiful and i i, I also this came to me actually when you talk about this stuff It's so interesting you say conscious and aware of their feminine side because, actually, I remember being in corporate. And for me, it's so often I was the only woman on the team. And there's this, like, feeling, and I saw it around my female colleagues, like, if there's more than one female on the team, they almost feel like they're competing with each other for the spot,
0: you know? Mm -hmm. It
1: almost feels like there there can't be more than one, and that just causes this, like, awful kind of feeling but I never really see that in the entrepreneur community like there's so much more collaborating so much more lifting each other up and like the energy is just so much better I don't know if you get that I've deviated off the quick fire a little bit
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I 100% have felt that too moving to Bali I've met so many women who were just like quit your job you're amazing I believe in you you can do this I'll support you and mm. I was just like why are you being so nice to me <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, um but yeah you're so right and in the entrepreneurship world like we're all here we've all got your back like If anyone ever needs any help from me just message me like I really do just want women to like put themselves out there and become leaders because I genuinely think will make the world such a better place
1: (laughs) yeah amazing I love that um and a great example was us collaborating on the summit like Molly and I didn't actually know each other before we did that and now you know we've collaborated I'm sure we'll work together again one day we're doing this podcast so yeah it's just so much better this kind of environment um, and then the last question is your number one tip for overcoming fear in business.
0: Feel the fear and do it anyway.
1: I love that. Everybody says that. Everybody says really? that. Huh. Yeah. It's so it's so funny because it's just so simple, but it's the it's only one. It? Yeah.
0: It's the only one. It's just like, yes, I'm, I'm not here to be like, oh, it's not, you know, you'll be fine. You won't be fine. It is so scary. It is. Like, I, I, I relate feel so you just gotta go into it deal with it and just remember why you're there remember what you're doing it for and just push yourself through it because when you get through it and you get clients in it and you're suddenly like wow I actually can do it the fear is still there you know mm-hmm. I still get scared sometimes but I know I can do it it's just that is that is what what the brain does and you know it's 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 so much such a big part of stepping out there on your own and being an entrepreneur isn't the skills that you have it is the work that you're willing to do on yourself to make sure that you're actually going to receive all the all the clients all the money all the success all the freedom that you want because you're going to have to get work through so many blocks and really release that fear to actually receive it right
1: yeah exactly and at the end of the day the people who feel the fear and just do it are the ones that's what sets out the on sets apart the entrepreneurs because you just can't get there otherwise you just really can't okay i love it that's the end of the quick fire um so we are coming right to the end so where can the listeners find you molly i know on linkedin <laughs> tell us everywhere they can find you what you've got going on at the moment and i'll put all the links in the show notes
0: For sure. So I am actually getting married in a couple of weeks. So I'm not doing another course until October. The October course, you can just message me about on LinkedIn, get on the waiting list um, or even message me about on Instagram. There's only 10 spots on that course and it will be a three month course deep dive into how you can find clients on LinkedIn through inbound marketing strategies. And next thing is one-to-one and my one-to-one, I've got openings from end of September onwards. So yeah, DM me any platform. I
1: would love to hear from you. Yay, I'm so excited to see your wedding pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amazing, so everyone, if you wanna go and find Molly, the links are in the show notes, but thank you so much for your time, Molly.
0: Thank you, thank you so much.
1: an exciting announcement. We are launching a female leadership collective retreat in Bali in the new year. So we are going to give nine of you the chance to come and join me and the team on the island. Um, It's going to be in March or April. I haven't quite finalized it yet, Um, but it's going to be an incredible week in the most beautiful villa and i've got a few shortlisted that i'm in talks with at the moment and it's going to be an opportunity for you to come to bali get out of your current environment and really come and redesign your life with us we're going to be delving deep into your goals for your business for your life for everything we're going to be showing you what life is like here in Bali what opportunities are available to you um, there's a huge digital nomad community here with people working online and I can't wait to show you exactly what is possible we're going to be giving you an opportunity to reconnect with your true self because I know in the a lot of um, the Western world, we're so conditioned to um, live life in one particular way, so we're going to be doing lots of deconditioning, and we're also going to be working on building your confidence, because through any change in life, any new career path, any starting a business, um, you might feel like you've got all the confidence in the world of what you do at the moment, but this can be really, really challenging when you step into starting a business, scaling a business, pivoting a business. So, we're going to be working on building your confidence as well. And there's going to be so much self care, relaxation, amazing food, all those yummy things that come with a retreat. And I can't wait to just have this special experience with nine of you. So, to add yourself to the waitlist to be the first to be notified, I'm going to give everybody on the waitlist a little bit of time to secure their spot, take one of the nine spots before I tell everybody else about it, to make sure your name is on on that list click the link in the show notes and fill out that form and you will be on the list and the first to be notified and you may be joining us in bali next year